But we're continuing our, our series on the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm going to invite you, if you have your Bibles, to go ahead and open to the book of John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 15. But let me first start out with sharing a story. There was a man who was shipwrecked, and he was the only survivor. He found his way to this, uh, this deserted island. He washed up on shore, just completely exhausted, uh, quickly realizes that he's not only the only survivor, but there is no, no button there. He is in the middle of nowhere and on in a deserted island. So he just kind of, just within himself, he just, he just kind of comes to the conclusion, I'm going to have to be here for for a long time. So he kind of just had that inward resolve. And so he begins to set up shelter and he just begins to find food and water just to survive. Well, weeks turns into months, months turns into years, and he's surviving there on this island. But one day he spotted a ship offshore and obviously he got excited. He started his fire, created a signal. He could tell that the, the ship that was passing by saw it and they began to slow down. And they sent a boat to come ashore because they knew that this island should be deserted. Obviously, they're finding that somebody has to be here. So this man is all excited. He's going to be rescued. He goes up to the beach and he meets uh, the captain and his crew. And and he's so excited. He's about to be rescued. But he said, can I please go back to my shelter so that I could gather some personal things before you rescue me? They said, sure. So they went with him. uh, And they were kind of perplexed because they got to his camp and they noticed there were three different huts. So the guy said, well, the captain said, well, sir, what, what's that first hut? What's, where, what is that one? He goes, well, that's, that's my house. That's where I live. He's like, okay, okay, cool. What about this second one? Where is this, what is this second hut all about? He said, well, that's, that's my church. That's the church where I go to worship. He goes, okay, cool. What's this third one? What is this third hut all about? He goes, well, that's the church that I used to go to. All right, if you, hey, listen, if you would have paid a little bit more, the joke would have been a lot better, okay? But we're talking about tonight, we're continuing on the subject of the Holy Spirit, and specifically, I'm going to be talking about the purpose of the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Now, this evening, I really want to encourage you uh, to follow along, to take notes. I'll be adding scripture to this. Uh, if you have our Westover app, if you'll go ahead and, and, and open that, then you can find it, follow along in the sermon notes there. But tonight... What I really want to do is just kind of just look into God's word, kind of take a teaching approach tonight, but that it would just build your spirit as we're on this journey together, as we're seeking the Holy Spirit. Because can I tell you, whenever we go deeper into the things of God, not only are we going to be, yes, we're going to be attacked by the things of the enemy to distract us from getting closer to God, but things become so much more alive inside of us spiritually. And I want to encourage you that not only do you do you get to the excitement and, the, and, and, and just the, the, the thrill of, of just being a, seeking God in his presence, but that you also get rooted into the things of God. And we, that can't happen without the word of God inside of our hearts. So we're in, we find ourselves in John chapter 14. Now, as we reach these chapters in, in the book of John, in his gospels, we sense there's kind of like a mood change. As I always like to do, especially when you come to Scripture, the best way to, for me personally, when I approach God's Word, I like to go then and there. 
Because when I go then and there and I understand the context and I understand what's happening in this conversation, I understand why they're going to battle, why there's a famine in the land, why is there an argument going on, when I understand why they're talking and they're discussing the things that they're discussing, it helps me to get a better uh, um, grasp around what God's Word is trying to teach us. So to go then and there, we see in this chapter the mood begins to change. The sharp tone of conflict has kind of gone away. There's no Pharisees that are questioning or coming around and trying to uh, just trip up Jesus in his words. In, in a sense, instead, there's a sense of tenderness and a strange sort of peace that's kind of around this situation where Jesus is with his disciples. Because at this point, at this point, Jesus' life is not measured by years or months or weeks. It's really... There's hours left that he has on the, on, the, on the earth during this time. He is just literally hours away from the cross. And Jesus chose to spend his last hours with those he was closest to. So there's an intimate setting that's happening here. He chose to spend with his own. And these chapters contain a part of the, uh, of, of the extended private teachings of Jesus that he gave to his disciples right before the crucifixion. And it's an important teaching because we find here how we as Christ followers and as the, the disciples as Christ followers are to interact and relate to God. And it's in this conversation that Christ begins to, to really unpack and talk the disciples through the person of the Holy Spirit. So that's why it's so important. The emphasis on the, as he unpacks the emphasis and the importance of the Holy Spirit and the role that it's going to play in the lives of the disciples because Jesus was about to leave. Now, if you can imagine this, just Christ has been with the disciples, every, I mean, every single day from sunup to sundown, they've been together, they've fished together, they've laughed together, they've cried together, they've fed 20,000 people together. I mean, they are having a rocking time. I mean, this is great. The disciples are just loving. I mean, everywhere they go, whenever they walk into a, a town, the, the crowd goes wild everybody's getting out their 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 iphones and taking selfies with the disciples i mean it is it is exciting and all of that is about to come to a to a close so to speak because jesus was preparing them and for the disciples and some of them they were probably a little bit well wait a minute what why can't i thought you were going to like overthrow the roman empire i thought we were going to raise up an army and that's not what christ came to do. He didn't come to set up the kingdom of the way they thought that he, that he should have set it up. He came to establish a heavenly kingdom. And so this is where they're at. He's getting to, ready to return, he, and he's preparing the disciples to leave. Christ's ministry was coming to a close. He was no longer going to be with them physically, and he was soon going to be crucified, buried. He was going to be resurrected, and then the ascension would happen, and he would not physically be with them anymore. So John Chapter 14, starting with verse 15 to 18, and then we're going to jump down to verse 20, 26. And here's what it says. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. I will come to you. Verse 26. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will 
remind you of everything that I have told you. You see, in this conversation, Jesus introduces a discussion of love and obedience. They got to go together in this conversation of love and obedience. Earlier, the conversation that Christ was teaching was that you need to love one another just as I loved you. And now he's changing that. He's kind of, there's a, there's a shift in his teaching. He's saying, I want you to, he's as he's preparing them to love me. And the impact of this verse really means that obedience is the test or really the indication of loving Jesus. If we are truly going to love him with all of our hearts, it on our part, it requires for us to be, to be obedient, to follow him. And while he's challenging them uh, in this, he begins to talk about the Holy Spirit and its importance in our life. How we need to begin, how he's going to challenge it that from this point on, disciples, you need to live in harmony with the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit produce fruit inside of you. So allow me for, for just a few moments to share some purposes of the Holy Spirit. Number one, the first purpose I want to share with you is enablement to become. An enablement to become is a purpose of, of the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you, who will never leave you. He asks here with authority. There's three things very quickly. He asks with authority. He asks to give each of the, he's telling the disciples, I'm going to give you a helper. And then he reminds them that he will be, this is a helper that will be faithful, that will never, never, never leave them. You know, one time when I, um, uh, I don't know, for those of you who've had surgery, you know, when you wake up, you don't feel that great. How many know what I'm talking about? If you've had surgery, you are in pain. And I remember during that moment, I, I, it was late in the day, and there was just another, another poor soul with me in the room, okay? It was cold, and I remember waking up, and goodness, just the pain just overwhelmed me. Have you ever been hurt where you're just, just everything hurts, and you, you're just, you know, you guys, you just throw the man card out the window, and you just, <laughs> it just hurts so bad. You know what I'm talking about? That's how I felt. And I woke up, and I was still woozy from, the, from, from all the medicine that was still in me, and I looked across the room, and the nurses were just having a good old time. They were way on the other side, I mean, about 150 yards away from me. That's how it felt. And there was just one other guy in a bed over there, and, and I could hear him, I could hear him moaning. And I, and I promise you, this is exactly what I thought. I was like, dear Lord, this guy's going to out-moan me, and they're never going to come to me. <laughs> this guy is going, I mean, they're closer to him, so they can hear him. I'm going to have to scream a little bit louder. I was in pain. I was like, I'm not going to let this, I need some medicine. I, they need to do something. So I'm hearing this guy moan on the other side, and I'm like, he's like, Ugh, and I'm like, Ugh, you know, just a little bit louder. Because I needed something at that moment. And here the disciples, there is a, there is a purpose for that story, okay? <laughs> here the disciples are, have been with Christ for so long. I mean, when they needed him, he was there. When they were going through a tough time and a tough season, he was there. When they did something dumb, he right away corrected them. He was there to teach them. And now he's going to be gone. So you can understand while they were probably saying to themselves, like, wait, wait what do you mean you're going to be gone? We've got a great thing going on here. And that's why at this point, the Holy Spirit is here to enable, enable us to become. And Christ on our behalf, he, was, he goes before the Lord. He goes before the Lord and he prays. And this isn't a prayer like you and I. This is Christ praying to the Heavenly Father. He, he is someone who has 
some authority to call something down for his people. And he calls down the Holy Spirit. And Jesus knew very well that the disciples, uh, if the, for the disciples to keep the commandments and to keep his commands, that they would require something of great significance to be a resource for them. He, he understood that they were going to need something huge to come alongside them to help them to continue what he has called them to do because he was not going to be there. So he prayed and that there would be another resource that would come, and that's the Holy Spirit. And when you look through, the, when you look through, look through Scripture, there's different names that the Holy Spirit is called. A comforter in the King James, it's called, he's called a comforter. In other translation, a counselor, a, help, a helper, an advocate, which means who is called to be by your side, really to come alongside you. And here's what he's teaching them. That, that the Holy Spirit's purpose is to enable us to become. And that doesn't happen by somebody that is far off. He desires to be that advocate that walks right beside us. He is an agent in our inner transformation as we go towards Christ-likeness. He is that person that comes alongside us to take what we've heard from a message, to take what we read in Scripture, to help us to become more and more like Christ. He comes alongside us. Here's what 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, this is not in your notes, so write this down. As always, I encourage you to, to, to read it later and study it deeper this week. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, it says this. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. I love that verse. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And verse 18 says this. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. There it is. This Holy Spirit's purpose is to enable us to become. And 2 Corinthians says that the Spirit makes us more and more like Him. We're changed into His glorious image. Now, Paul describes that the veil has been removed. In fact, in verse 16, before that, it says that when you turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. Removed Because until we come to Christ, there is a separation. Sin, sin separates us from Christ. Isn't that right? It separates. God will have nothing to do with sin. Sin is a barrier. But when we come into Christ, we are a new creation. We call that around here making new. When Christ comes inside of us. And because of that, the veil is no longer there. There is no longer this separation. And that's what he's talking about. Because Christ comes inside of us and then the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us as an advocate. He helps us to become. Galatians 5, and 23 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces, or you can put that word, enable us, this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these, these things. I don't know about you guys, but when I looked at these words this week, as I've read this verse, as probably you have many times before, I kind of took a pause on each, one of these, on each one of these words. I started thinking, yeah, there's times that I need lo- more love. There's times that I really need more joy. Uh, there's times I need more joy. When, 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 the, when my spurs are not doing too good, I need joy in that moment. When my cowboys are not winning, I need joy in that moment. There's times when um, I need more patience. Oh, Lord, I, can, I, can I be honest with you right now? That's one that Pastor Mark, if you want something to pray for Pastor Mark with this week, I'm giving it to you right here. Patience. God, give me patience. You might not realize that, but I, I, God needs to give working a lot of patience in me sometimes, especially when I get behind the wheel. 
Okay, I digress. Let me move on. Kindness. How many need some more kindness sometimes? Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of these things are desired, are fruit that not only is it good for us, but it is a witness to everyone else. And that's why it's so important that we allow the purpose of the Holy Spirit to come alongside us, to enable us to become all that God wants us to be. The Holy Spirit, because Christ was going to be leaving and he needed the Holy Spirit, to, to, he wanted to reassure them that they were not going to be alone, that the Holy Spirit's going to come alongside you to help you every step of the way. So enablement to become is one of the purposes. Number two, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is abiding assurance. Abiding assurance. Verse 18 says this. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. I will come to you. And it's a pretty heavy statement that Jesus is making to the disciples. I will not abandon you. Obviously, they had to be feeling that for whatever reason. A few years ago, there was a marketing tool, uh, just kind of a, a theme that Avis Car Rental was doing that I absolutely loved. Uh, in, in ministry, you know, obviously customer service is a part of ministry, and I love reading about customer service. I'm just a nerd like that sometimes. And I was reading about this particular campaign that was called I Can, and I absolutely loved it because here's what they were making, the statement they were making. They, they were, when you came to them as a customer, whoever it was, whether it was on the phone, whether it was at the car rental place at the front desk or in the parking lot, here's what they're saying. That in that moment, they're not going to pass you off to somebody else. They're not going to transfer the call. How many hate that when they transfer you? Just like, oh, that's when you need patience, right? That's the kind of patience that I need. And they're not going to send you away. They're not going to say, wait here until I get somebody that can actually help you. No, they are saying, I can, I can help you. And here's, that's what the abiding assurance that we're talking about that the Holy Spirit is, wants to do in our lives. The Holy Spirit is saying, I, I can. That assurance that doesn't matter what the moment may be, no, where, what the circumstance may be, you may find yourself surrounded with, the Holy Spirit is saying, I can. Until this point, now think about this. Let's go, let's just for a moment, let's go then and there to the disciples with Jesus and, and those three and a half years that Christ was in ministry. To this point, Jesus would speak pretty much on behalf of the disciples. If there was a, a Pharisee that would try to step in and try to trip Jesus up in his words or try to, to get him to say something that contradicted the law, Jesus would speak up. If there would be someone that was demon-possessed, there was a, you know, it was just crazy in that moment, Jesus would speak up. When there was 20,000 people that needed to be fed and the disciples are saying, you know, God, you know, Lord, we can't do this. Who stepped in? Jesus stepped in and he blessed, blessed the food and he fed 20,000 people. So to this point, Jesus was doing all of this with them. They were relying on him. He was their defender and they're starting now to get it. They're starting now to think, oh goodness, he's serious. He's really going to leave us. Our defender, the one that speaks on our behalf, the one that, that, that puts the, 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 uh, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees in their place, he is now going to leave, and they're starting to grieve. Their friend, their teacher, their Lord is leaving. And when you read the words of Jesus, I will not abandon you as orphans, it's probably because that's how they felt. They felt like they were going, they were about to feel like orphans, like they had nobody to turn to, no one to go to. And the Holy Spirit was going to come alongside and stand by them. And here's what Jesus was trying to teach them. 
When the Holy Spirit comes, he is the one that is now going to defend you. He is the one that is now going to teach through you. He is the one that is now going to give you that presence of peace that passes all understanding. In fact, you read in Matthew chapter 10, verse 19 and 20, it says, Do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of the Father speaking through you. And the problem was, is up until this point, they have physically been able to see Jesus, to hug him, to just reach out to him. And just, he was right there and he was no longer going to be right by their side. And he, they were trying to grasp their mind around this. In fact, verse 17 of, uh, of our text says this, and the, Lord, the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit because they cannot see him. And that, that's our human nature, right? Our human nature, we, it's hard for us to believe something that we cannot see. But we think about it, we, we, we can't see air, we can't see electricity, but we know that when we go to the light switch, as long as we have paid CPS, when we turn that thing on, we know that it's going to create light. We know that because even though we cannot see air, we know that right now that we are all able to breathe oxygen. We cannot see it, but we, can, we, we just know it's there. And that's the way we need to approach with faith, the Holy Spirit, to just have to have complete faith that he will be right there. He's not going to, Jesus was saying, listen, guys, I'm not going to leave you. You're not going to be like orphans. Now, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to, to take a detour with me to Romans chapter 8. Now, I typically don't read this many verses, but I really felt that this was really appropriate for this message and this particular conversation because it's, it's in his presence that provides power for us to come alongside us to have righteous living. What does righteousness mean? It, well, it means to be right with God. And if we're going to, to be right with God in every aspect of our life, we need the Holy Spirit to come alongside us. So allow me to just to read some of these verses in Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 1. Just hold on with me. We're going to come to close here in a moment. We're talking about the purposes of the Holy Spirit. And here's what it says. So there is, there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And somebody say amen with me right there. The grace of God. The law of Moses was unable to save, to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his son in the body like the bodies we sinners have. And that the body God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving, this, giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that, we, he did this so that, that the, the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature but instead follow the spirit. Verse 5. And those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled, here it is, those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. That's why those who are still under control of their sinful nature can never please God. Verse 9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. 
And Christ lives within you, so even through your body, even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. This is powerful right here. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit. That's powerful right there. Living with inside of you. Listen, church, the Spirit desires to come along, to abide with inside of us, to come alongside of us every single step of the way. And Jesus was conveying this to the disciples and telling them, listen, guys, I understand. I understand that, you're, that this, is, this is hard for you to kind of take in right now. But just because I'm leaving, it doesn't mean I'm going to make you an orphan spiritually. There's somebody else that is coming. In fact, you'll find in his teachings where he says, I have to go so that the advocate can come. And, the, and that's exactly what he was trying to teach. And the last thing I want to share with you is this. Not only is the purpose of the Holy Spirit is abiding assurance, but the purpose of the Holy Spirit is instruction, instruction to follow. And I'm going to ask Tim if he would go ahead and come back out on the keyboard. Instruction to follow. Verse 26. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I have told you. Like I just mentioned for the disciples, this, this was a lot for them to take in. This was a lot for them to take in. Many of us have had to say goodbye to a loved one, uh, a dear friend, someone that has been a part of our life in the good times and in the bad times. And we understand, many of us understand how hard that, that can be. That's kind of how I see the disciples. This was a lot for them to take in. They, they were still trying to grasp, and he's giving them instructions. And probably because it was so overwhelming, probably because he was, there were was so many teachings in those last few hours, I could see them drifting. Oh, my goodness, he's about to be, he's about to be crucified. What? And then he, they would try to refocus on Christ's words. I could see they're thinking, oh, my goodness, how in the world are we going to remember all of this? How are we going to remember all of that, that our Savior is teaching us? He's about to leave us. And many of us, sometimes, we probably come into God's house, and Pastor Jim speaks an encouraging message, and we really feel God's presence, and we, we start to think, how in the world am I going to be able to apply this at, at work when I need it the most? How in the world am I going to be able to remember all of these things? And here is what I believe I want you to walk away with tonight. The Holy Spirit... When it comes alongside to, again, that word advocate, when you go down to the Greek and what it means, it means, literally means to stand by, to be with you, to come alongside you. That's exactly what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is, is to, to, to give you instructions to follow, but he'll be right by your side to walk with you every step of the way. Jesus, when he came to this earth, he came to declare the Father, to, to explain, to reveal, to make him, to make God known, and to make his will be known to everyone. All of those things he did. And the Holy Spirit, when Christ was going to leave, it was going to be the Holy Spirit's job to come alongside the disciples, to help them to remember that everything that Christ taught them, to help them not only to remember for them personally, but so that when they teach it, that they're not teaching some crazy doctrine, that they're not going off the, the, you know, the, the trail and, and they're staying focused on what Christ said and not adding to it. 
The Holy Spirit was going to help them do that. That is the same thing that the Holy Spirit wants to help us do in our life. is to come alongside us when our marriage is crumbling, to come alongside us when we just feel like all hell is breaking loose and give us peace, to come alongside us when we just feel like that everything is just completely crumbling, and to give us that peace that passes all understanding, to reassure us, to abide in us, to give us instructions to remember, listen, in this moment, I want you to remember what Pastor Jim preached about last week. I want you to remember, here's what the Spirit does when you have those crisis moments. It'll remind you, the Spirit will remind you of a verse that you need in that very moment when you're going through a personal crisis. The Holy Spirit's peace will kind of overwhelm you in a moment where you just feel like anxiety is trying to take over. That's the beauty of the person of the Holy Spirit. That's the beauty of the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's about Him filling us. It's about what we believe. We are a Spirit-filled church. We believe in in speaking in other tongues, that it is still for the church today. And, And it's something that I encourage you to continue to seek. If you have not received that gift, it is something that is for the church today. But in addition to that, can I tell you, the Holy Spirit desires to walk with us, to instruct us in everyday life, to walk alongside us, to bring to memory what we hear in church, in a sermon, in a life group, to bring to memory in during those critical moments where we need God to step in. I'm going to invite you to stand with me tonight. When we think about just the love of our God, when we think about all the things that Christ did in that moment as he was completely pouring into the disciples, as he had for, for three and a half years, he called them, he trained them, he, he, just, he did life with them. And they're getting ready to say goodbye. I can only imagine how, how heavy that was on their heart. And here's the wonderful thing about the purpose of the Holy Spirit, is that God is always, he knew that, that's why we have the person of the Holy Spirit, so that when you are, in that traffic on 410 and you just need God's grace to just overwhelm you in that moment when you need patience that's me right here you just need patience to overwhelm you in that moment can I tell you the person of the Holy Spirit can step in and just surround you and give you and remind you exactly what you need to do give you instructions for exactly what you need to do and so as, as we kind of continue in this journey as we continue this series of the Holy Spirit I want to encourage you yes let's continue to seek everything that that the Holy Spirit has for us but let us not forget that he desires to be with us every step of the way not just in church the Holy Spirit wants to come alongside us come alongside your family come alongside your marriage come alongside as you're instructing your kids and abide in you and give you instructions and help you become all that God wants you to be. Just because I'm a pastor, I say this all the time, that I don't get any free passes. It doesn't mean because Pastor Mark and Pastor Jonathan, because we're pastors, that because we have that title, that, that uh, you know, we have done all that we have to do with, our, with the things of God. Absolutely not. I tell you, he's still working on us. He's still, as the older I get, he's still working on me. 
And wow, how much I have to continually pray and ask the person of the Holy Spirit to walk with me each day. There have been moments that I've actually prayed this. I said, Holy Spirit, would you be my eyes today? (laughs) Would you just be my mind today? If I get distracted, God, because of a circumstance I'm in, Holy Spirit, would you just be my peace and my comfort? Would you be that advocate for me today? Because I just really need you. And that's exactly what the disciples were going to have to start praying because Jesus was physically not going to be there. But can I tell you the love of God, the God who sent Jesus because he died for our sins, the love of God sent us the Holy Spirit to come alongside and to be our advocate and to help us in every step of the way. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? Amen. He's our advocate. Praise the Lord. So as you go, let's just continue. Let's remember this thought. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to be a part of our life every single step of the way. My gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the words of Christ. God, we saw so clearly how you were speaking to the disciples and whom you loved, who you poured out your heart for, and ultimately you, you gave your life for. And God, those very same words that you were speaking to the disciples, that you were leaving, but you're sending an advocate to come alongside them are for us today. It wasn't just for then and there, but it's for here and now. And Lord, I pray, God, there are people here tonight that need to sense your presence of your Holy Spirit. God, we wish sometimes that we could take, your Lord, the God Westover Hills building with us every, everywhere we go. But God, God, we can't. But God, your spirit is not contained to this building. Your Holy Spirit can walk alongside us, walk alongside them at work, walk alongside their marriage, walk alongside their families, walk alongside them in their, in their journey. And so God, I pray, God, as we seek you every single day, that we would allow that your advocate would be alongside us to help us, to give us instruction, to abide in us, to be all that you need, that the Spirit would be all that we need it to be so that we can become all that you want us to become. So God, as we go our separate ways, God, as we're dismissed from this place but not your presence, I pray that you would walk with us, walk with us until we see each other again. And it's in Jesus' precious name I pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Would you just give the Lord a praise clap offering tonight? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Go in the love of Jesus.